1116, and it's time to talk with Kelly Showstrom for our budgeting basics today. I'm tickled over the topic that we're talking about, but it, it really is something that's quite serious. Today, we're going to share with you um, how to share money with your partner and still like them at the end of the day. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Kelly. I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm laughing at this only because I've been in these situations before. I'm not married anymore. Uh, this might have been an issue for us, though, back then. I don't think it was the reason we split, but it was definitely two different worlds when it came to financing. Yeah. And it's something that isn't really like the criteria necessarily when we are, you know, dating and trying to find a partner. We're looking at, you know, what, how tall they are and if, you know, they, yeah. they want to have kids and all this kind of stuff. But, um, it's really interesting about money, bringing that into the relationship because it really, it's, it's something that's, that changes your whole entire life. And it's something that can be, um, a reason for divorce. It could be something that is just what you guys bicker about constantly, or just will never agree upon. Um, and so I think it's really important to start the conversations early. And like you said, Kelly, we want to chat about how we can talk about money in our relationship relationship and still like our partner. So we don't want to, um, you know, we can see different sides of the story, but we still want to have the same goals and work towards those same goals at the end of the day. Yeah. You can have two different financing styles, but you do have to, um, you know, you have to work with the other person if you want this to work out. Exactly. And there was a, um, you know, take it for what it is, but on CNBC, they had a poll and um, the survey found that 64% of couples admit to being financially incompatible. And that's not saying um, that, you know, it, it's, it's doomed from the beginning. It's just saying that that's what that, that's what those users thought that they were just kind of not compatible with their spouse, but it doesn't mean that habits can't change. And that's what we want to do here um, in our weekly segments is we want to maybe be aware of the the things, the issues and the problems or, you know, the uphill battles that we have, but maybe let's do something about it because the other end of the spectrum, Kelly, with incompatibility, and if you are not having these conversations, 45% of these couples also say that they're having, um, or they had financial infidelity. And so that's maybe where we're buying things and we're not telling our spouse about it, opening credit cards, not telling our spouse about it. And that can, um, you know, that can start, uh, the rockiness to any relationship really can. All right. So usually we kind of go through some tips that might help out. What would be the first place to start? So the first place to start, um, and this is actually isn't one of the things, but I, I think it's really important just to know what your money styles are, right? You always hear about the saver versus the spender. And while that can be true, I think um, everyone might have a little bit of both actually, because we do like to spend money on things that we enjoy. Um, and that just is different with everyone. And so just yeah. kind of know where you're at, um, you know, set a good groundwork for understanding you and your partner's habits. Um, and then from there, Kelly, um, you really want to start doing the work and decide how you're going to share your money with your spouse. And this could look a lot of different ways. Um, but do you want to have joint checking accounts? Um, are you putting money in there equally from your paychecks? Is the person that's getting paid more depositing more money? Um, it's really up to you within the couple to decide whatever feels best for you. Right. Uh, and it can be, it can be one of those things that's a little bit touchy, right? If one person is making more money than the other um, and you can't find a ground where you say, okay, we're equal partners in this. How do we do this? 
Exactly. And I think it's really important to know that this doesn't have to be forever, right? It's what feels good right now. And what do you want to do right now? And especially this is a good thing to start testing when you're in the beginning of a relationship, because you can um, start with the simple things. We don't have the complications of life with, you know, car payments and children, but um, you know, what, what can each person do in the relationship with money without having to feel like you're being taken advantage of? That's the entire point of this. Right. And so when my husband and I first started, we, um, had separate everything, but we had a shared account and that's where we, um, you know, had household bills and all that kind of stuff taken out of. And now what's yours is mine. And what's mine is yours. But within that Kelly, we have our own different funds in our category. Mine is called Kelly does what she wants. Kind of a joke because you know, it's only a certain amount of money every single month. (laughs) And Derek's is called the no fun fund. And so I joke that he's no fun because he's a saver. Right. And so within that, that's the money that we get to do whatever we want with. So even though we have joint and everything's together, um, there's still a little bit of wiggle room for each of us to be independent with our money without the other person questioning things. Yeah. That's everybody's going to have a little bit of freedom to be able to move about the cabin, so you speak. Absolutely. And a part of that study did also show that um, the good news, um, most couples that make um, where an individual makes less than $100,000 a year, um, they actually ask their spouse or talk with their spouse before they spend um, before they buy anything that's over $100. And I think it's good to have those limits within your relationship as well. Um, That can be part of the money conversation. Where are the boundaries of when we can buy things and when we shouldn't and when we should just, you know, phone a friend and call the other person and say, hey, heads up. And, you know, if all is going well, you kind of are already having these conversations about these big ticket items anyway. And so, you know, if it's on someone's radar and if whether or not you should buy it. And so just make sure you put really good boundaries and open conversations and walls around your your financial topic, um, the finances in your relationship so that there is less wiggle room. There's less um, ambiguity and there are less areas for questions and with questions come potential mistakes and and fights or hiccups along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting is no fun and it can go on and on and on. And that leads to other things. Oh, no much. No, no fun. I mean, next thing you know, Kelly, you're fighting because somebody, you know, spent a lot of money at quick trip the other day on breadsticks. And that's where the, you know, the pettiness and the, okay, we're just picking (laughs) fights to pick fights at this point. But, um, we, we can avoid all of that just by starting to have money conversations and being very um, transparent with our spouses, the people that we're sharing money with um, as well um, about, you know, what kind of, how much debt we have, how much money we make. And um, yeah, it can, it can lead to a good place when you start those conversations. So okay. with that, Kelly, number two, we're going to create goals that we want to hit together. And so with every couple, I always recommend, um, or even, you know, with roommates or, you know, your kids, we want to have these conversations around things that also make us happy, not just debt all the time. And so what do we want to accomplish? And I always split it up between the now, the near and the future. And so with that, what do you want to accomplish right now? What are the things that you're working on this month, this week, um, maybe in the next couple of months, maybe you're saving for a big ticket item. Maybe you have a baby coming along the way. Maybe you want to go on that camping trip or you're buying a dog. Um, and then, you know, the near. So what do we want to do in the next year? Um, and that could be your annual vacation fund. It could be putting a down payment on a house and then the far. And so do we want to pay off some debt? Do we want to help kids go to college? Do we need to buy somebody a car? All that kind of stuff. So in putting all of these goals into your conversations as well, making sure that you're talking about them and actively saving for them um, and agree upon them um, is really going to help your relationship as well. Okay. That all makes sense to me. 
And Kelly, when you're having these conversations, build routines in your life that um, you don't have to think about or remember, or it's on one person to have these conversations, right? And so my husband and I have regular conversations um, monthly just to make sure that the budget's in check and spending is okay, right? Um, We do quarterly budgets and beers dates that we've talked about here before, Kelly, where we grab a drink and we sit down and we update you know, net worths and look at our, our spending and just at a higher level. And then we have these annual conversations as well to make sure that, you know, everything that's in the budget is still kind of happening in real life. So if you've paid off your debt, there's no point in having those payments still like as a category in your budget. So you just want to keep that up to date. Um, and having these just conversations just scheduled, I know that sounds really unfun, um, but making sure that they're just in the calendar, everybody knows about them. It's not on one person to bring up the conversation. Um, and it just makes things go a lot smoother. You know, and this is going to be a conversation for another day. Uh, nowadays, I think a lot of people are like my, my family, it's me and three boys or actually me and two boys. We all live in the same house. I live upstairs. They live downstairs. Um, and there's a, there's a combination there that has to happen too. When they're adult children, or maybe it's you and a friend that are buying a house or you bought a house and your friend moved in downstairs to help share the cost because things are getting so expensive. That's a whole conversation in and of itself as well. Absolutely. Anybody that you have ties with money with, um, to money with, you should have conversations with them and you want to make it really clear because when we don't have these, you know, potentially awkward for the Midwest, these hard conversations up front, it leaves that ambiguity. It leaves that, well, no one ever technically said, or, you know, we buy this house knowing we're going to have a roommate and then our best friend goes off and gets married. And then, so we no longer have this roommate. And so now this person is stuck with a mortgage and you can see how it can kind of spiral and become a little bit either awkward or financially unaffordable. And so uh, anyone that you even loosely have ties to money with definitely should have conversation just to make sure you're on the same page and then create some plan B's and plan C's in case, um, you know, the situation changes. Okay. All right. Moving right along. So Kelly, we are going to give um, give each other grace. Um, so if somebody goes over in a spending category, we don't need to have World War III starting, right? We just want to have a conversation. We want to find out how this happened. And then we want to, you know, take steps to be better moving forward. And so if, you know, we had an impulse purchase or the item that we thought maybe was simply just more expensive than we are budgeting for, um, we have to admit that, or we have to assume that our partner, our child, our, you know, spouse, whoever it is, um, that they're not ill, um, you know, ill intent that they want yeah. to truly do what's best for the couple or the relationship. Um, and they maybe didn't mean any harm by it. And so have these conversations after the incident happens, or if you're in the checkout line and you're calling your spouse to be like, Hey, this stroller costs a hundred bucks more than we thought. Um, just don't leave it under the rug and don't try to, um, not talk about things that, yeah. you know, throws our budget out of whack because, um, we want to make sure that it doesn't happen regularly because that's how we can accrue debt. I had a friend that called, uh, he bought a car on a whim. Like it was a fancy, like a, like a Corvette, something like that. And he said, he called that the breakup car, <laughs> And <they're still laughs> friends, but they definitely didn't make it because he had his own ideas of where the money should go. And she had no say. So she's like, yep, that was the last straw. Uh, yeah, not for us. exactly. Kelly, I would say, yeah, I would say buying a car without the other person knowing is definitely a breakup situation. Um, and it's not even about the money all the time, Kelly, right? This is where I think you were saying earlier, where 
your relationship, maybe money wasn't the end all, but it's all these other things that lead to these decisions, right? So it's about not communicating effectively with your partner. It's about not having their respect enough to ask them or, you know, consult them about a big purchase. And so it's always more than just the money because at the end of the day, money is money and we die with, and we can't take it with us. Um, but it's about all the other things. And that's what we want to avoid. We want to make sure that we can still walk in the door after a hard day's work. And, um, we feel good about the home that we're in with the partner that we're with. We feel like we're making tractions towards our goals, um, that our kids are taking care of. Um, and that is why we want to be sure that, that we're having these regular conversations. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, open communication is going to help a lot. Exactly, Kelly. And the last thing we've kind of touched on is just check in on a regular basis. And so even if all is going well, um, still just say, hey, how do you think last month went? Or do you think we need to bump up groceries or um, things are getting a little expensive at the gas um, station these days? Do we need to start saving more for gas? Um, or somebody is maybe now working from home, so we don't need to save as much for gas. But just have these conversations. Sometimes they seem small and they seem petty. They seem unnecessary, but truly over communicate when it comes to money, because we want to make sure that there is no um, questions that our spouse isn't resentful and that we are making room to actually reach our goals so that we can enjoy this money that we're you know working so hard to make. You know, if you need a little bit of help getting started with that, maybe you can say, hey, I found this website, kellyshowstrom.com. I think this would be really neat. She's got a lot of free advice here, or maybe that might lead to, hey, we want to set up an appointment with Kelly and talk with her. How do people do that? Absolutely. And especially if you just want to start those money conversations with your spouse, you both know that what you've been doing isn't the right thing, but you want to, you know, change things and you want to do better moving forward. Um, happy to be that neutral third party in those conversations. I have many times before. And even when you're setting up your budget, because that could be hard too. the person that is kind of running the conversation, it's easy for it to seem like they're getting more of their items in the budget versus the other person. Um, but then if you have a third person kind of looking over things and helping you decide what you can afford and what you want to afford, um, it could be a little bit more neutral feeling. Um, and it could be easier for the other person to get on board. And so just go to kellyshowstrom.com and you'll be able to book a free call if you are ready to start talking about these things and move forward. You can also check out my free templates. Um, and if you just want your spouse to start looking over things with you and start the conversation, that's a great way to start. Um, and there's some articles too. If you want to sign up for my newsletter um, weekly, you'll get an email as well, where you can have some tips on having money conversations with your spouse as well. Sounds great. Kelly, thanks for being here. It's Kelly Showstrom, our budgeting basics. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? She always makes it sound so easy. <clears throat> Not always so, uh, but Kelly Showstrom, K-E-L-L-Y, Showstrom, S-J-O-S-T-R-O-M.com, kellyshowstrom.com. Lots of free advice, lots of fun there. She also has a newsletter that you can sign up and get more information.